0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We're looking at these amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and there are nine of them. He says from verse 8, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healings, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each to each one individually as He wills. So we've been speaking about this for a couple of weeks and we've made a couple of points one is that these are the gifts of the Spirit in the verses just before this passage that I've read he says there are gifts of the spirit or manifestations of the Spirit there are ministries of the Lord there are activities of God and it's a clear Trinity reference where he says there are gifts of the Spirit there are ministries of the Lord which are mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4 apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher and there are activities of God. Those are motivational gifts. They are are things that God put in us when we were born. They get empowered when we become believers, but they are there all along. And they're in Romans chapter 12. There are seven of them, serving, leading, mercy, giving, encouraging. But what we've said is that these gifts of the Spirit, these nine are not to be conflated or mixed up with the others. Sometimes we mix them all together. We say they're all gifts of the Spirit. Yes, there is a Trinity. Yes, they all are involved in all of the gifts, but there are three clear lists in the Bible. And these nine miraculous gifts are a bit like Christmas gifts under the tree when we wake up on Christmas morning. They're given to us. We didn't have them before. We didn't earn them. Uh, There's nothing we have to do. We get them as soon as we become believers. They're available to us. And it's like the whole family got rich at Christmas because God poured out his spirit on all of us. And these nine gifts are things that all of us have. Wisdom, we're all supposed to have, knowledge, faith. All of these things are things we all have access to, but there are certain gifts, probably one or two, he says to each one is given. There is probably one or two of these nine gifts that are yours, a Christmas gift with your name on it, that are more evident, more powerful, Uh, more successful in your life. When you try to pray for healing, maybe that doesn't work, but you get words of knowledge all the time or, or whatever it is. There's different gifts for different people. And he makes clear they're not the same for everybody. It's not the super leaders who have all nine and the rest of us just watch. They're for all of us. That is the common message throughout this. And he goes on in the rest of chapter 12 to say, if I don't have a gift that someone else has, I mustn't envy them or try to be like them. I shouldn't say I'm less because I don't have the gift they have. I must be glad with what God has given me. And each of us has something. It's unique to us. It's important. It's vital. It's needed. Each part of the body is necessary. Um, But these nine gifts of the Spirit are different to all the other giftings. And I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we've become confused. We've said something like encouraging is the same as tongues. Or, or we add in gifts that aren't even in any of these lists and say they're gifts of the Spirit. But actually, there's just nine in 1 Corinthians 12. There are seven in Romans 12. There are five in Ephesians 4. And those are the three lists of gifts given in the Bible. And he prefaces this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 by saying, There are manifestations of the Spirit. There are ministries of the Lord Jesus. And there are activities of God. And it gives a clear description of what they are. In the rest of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he he talks about how they link together. And then at the end, after he said they're all necessary, you're important, your gift is unique and important, don't try and be somebody else. Use your gift, express your gift. He then tries to put it into context. And he says, in the church, Uh, Let me just read from verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. Each individual is important. And God has appointed these in the church. Now, he's going to give a list of gifts and he's mixing motivational gifts and ministry gifts and Holy Spirit gifts in this list to show how they all work together in practice. But some people have said when he says in the church, it's talking about importance or position or rank. Of seniority but he's not saying that because the whole passage before this he's been saying no gift is more important than any other we shouldn't envy somebody or say they're great and i'm less so he says now in the church god has appointed first apostles second prophets third teachers after that miracles then gifts of healings helps administrations varieties of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all worker workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. What's he saying there? Is he not saying there are ranks, there are important gifts or important people? No, he's not. He's saying in the church, so first of all, it's in public. The public church, the gathering and the ministering of the church with one another and in the world. It's the, the public ministry. So, all of these are public gifts. He'd already said that at the beginning of the gifts of the Spirit, earlier on in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, These manifestations of the Spirit are given for the common good or for the profit of all or for the benefit of others. They're not a personal gift, they're for public use. The context of this chapter is public gifts, public use, speaking to others, not to myself. And now he says, in the church God has appointed, and he gives a list, apostles, prophets, etc. What he's saying is this is the order that a church gets planted. First of all, the apostle comes along. Then you get some prophets who come and they preach. Then you need some teachers who are going to teach people the Word of God. After that, miracles. We start to see miracles happening, not only by the leaders, but by people in the church. We see that in uh, Acts chapter 19, where Paul empowered people and, and miracles were happening all over the place. Then gifts of healings. Again, it attracts crowds and people start to get saved. Helps and administrations. Isn't that interesting? The person who is the helper. And the administrator, administrations is the same as leadership in Romans 12. Uh, so we need people who will organize things. Varieties of tongues is the last one. Um, and again, this is in the public context because he says in the church. And so what we see is that these gifts mix together. But today I just want to finish off the last three of these nine Holy Spirit gifts. We've spoken about the first three which were gifts of insight, word of wisdom, word of knowledge and discerning of spirits, where a person has insight about something or someone or something that's happening and they speak it for the benefit of others, for the common good. The second were the power gifts, faith, healings and miracles. These are the power, uh, supernatural, especially spectacular gifts. And then these last three are tongues, interpretation and prophecy. And these are the message gifts where a person will stand up in a meeting and say, I believe the Lord is saying this message. I love you, my people, or this is what I want us to do or something like that. But a message from God. And... 1 Corinthians 14, we're gonna see in a minute, tells us that those are always for encouragement, edification, and exhortation. They're to build people up. Later on in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, we can all learn and be encouraged from prophecy. So prophecies are where someone stands up and says, I have a message from the Lord. Tongues is a private, personal gift, which again, hopefully we'll get to in the next talks or today. But it also can be used in public But it's the last on this list here it's not very common in public but he says it can be used in public and then in 1 Corinthians 14 he's going to explain how it's used in public and then interpretation is when somebody speaks a tongue in a public meeting somebody else interprets which is really the same as prophecy they're basically saying this is what the lord says my people through that tongue this is what he was saying It's an interpretation, it's not a translation, it's not a word-for-word translation. It's the tongue inspires a person with interpretation to be able to know what the prophecy is. And these operate throughout uh, the Bible. We see an example in Acts 21, we see it in various other places where prophecy is used. Um, But by far the majority of the instances of tongues is talking about people getting filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And so I just want to spend a little bit of time speaking about tongues interpretation and prophecy. And hopefully we'll get through this and then we can move on to some more practical aspects of how these gifts work. But just to reiterate, they are gifts of the Spirit. They're not the same as the gifts listed in Romans 12. Things like serving, teaching, encouraging mercy, giving, leadership, those kind of things. It's not like that. They are Christmas gifts where you just get a, a word of wisdom or a faith to believe for a miracle. Or when you pray for healing, it usually works or, or whatever it is. A prophetic word, a tongue or an interpretation in a public meeting. They're like a special gift and it's yours. And each person has one or two main ones that seem to be uh, especially successful. So let me just give you the context. Just before Jesus died, he said to his disciples in John chapter 14, the Holy Spirit has been with you, but he will be inside you. Very important that we get this. The Holy Spirit had been with the disciples. When they'd been going around healing people and doing ministry for the Lord, the Holy Spirit had been with them, but he says he will be in you. When I go, I will send another helper, he said, another one like myself. But then he said, I won't leave you as orphans. It'll be me coming to you. So the Holy Spirit and Jesus are one, but it is the Holy Spirit who would indwell. He says he's been with you, but he will be in you. First uh, aspect of the Holy Spirit affecting the disciples, John chapter 14. Then on the day that he rose again on that first Sunday in John chapter 20, he's meeting with a whole group of believers in a room with the doors locked and he comes and he says, peace to you. And he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So they had the Holy Spirit in them from that day onwards. Romans 8 tells us, if anyone doesn't have the Holy Spirit, they're not a believer. So they they had the Holy Spirit on that first resurrection day. The Holy Spirit came into their hearts. Do you remember Jesus had said, he's with you, but he will be in you. Now he was within them. The Holy Spirit was in their hearts. They had been made new on the inside by the indwelling Holy Spirit, something that was new and couldn't happen before Jesus died and rose again. He was with them, then he was in them. But in that few days and weeks until Jesus ascended to heaven, he said to them, after he said, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, Receive the Holy Spirit, he said, but wait, don't leave Jerusalem. You need to be given power from on high. For John baptized with water, but you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he was with them. Then he was in them, but they still needed to be baptized or filled or empowered, endued or clothed with power from on high, Luke 24 says. Those are the three stages of the disciples' experience. And then in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, we see when they and all the 120 believers were filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just one passage I want to read to you from Mark chapter 16 to put this in context. It says in verse 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow all of those who believe, all of them. On the day of Pentecost, all 120 were filled. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then verse 20 says, they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. This is our heritage, friends. You know people will say that the gifts the miraculous gifts of the Spirit have passed away that only certain people have them at certain times very special people but that's not the message of the Bible Jesus said these signs will accompany all who believe Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 says the gifts of the Spirit are to each one in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost everyone was filled and they all spoke in tongues the gifts of the Spirit if we're gonna be faithful to scripture, are for everyone and they are available today. At the end of Peter's speech in Acts chapter two, when he explained to the crowd what had just happened with Pentecost coming and all the, the tongues and the signs from the Holy Spirit coming, he said, the promise is for you and for your children And for all who are afar off, for as many as the Lord our God will call, you will receive the Holy Spirit, he said. This is not just for us, it's for everyone. And that promise has never been revoked by God. These gifts of the Spirit are available. For many years in church history, we've seen much of the body of Christ not seeing these signs and wonders. But in the last 100 or 120 years, we've seen great increase in the power and outpouring of these gifts and the use of these gifts, and they're available today. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I was only 17 years old. I'd been a Christian for a few months, and my friends who were in my Christian group were all filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues, and I was the odd one out, and I, I just thought maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't know enough of the Bible. Uh, maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me. And so I I lied or I pretended and I I realized that I, I wasn't. And one day they asked, do you want to be filled? They laid hands on me and they were just young boys at a boarding school just like me. There was no major apostle or evangelist there. It was just us Christians. I asked to be filled a battle ensued. For the next hour, I was having a bit of a spiritual battle where the devil didn't want to let go of me. I was alone in my room praying, and then I said, well, I'm going to trust that I've been filled. The devil left me, and I started to speak in tongues, one or two at first, and it just got more and more as the days progressed, and it changed my life. More than anything in my Christian life, that changed my life, and I want to say to you, it's available for you, for all of us. So let me just give you a little bit of background. In the Old Testament, there were people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but I'll tell you the stories. In Numbers 11, Moses is overwhelmed by the workload. His father-in-law says, choose some men and, and get some helpers. And then God says, choose 70 and I will put my spirit on them and empower them and in verse 25 it says then the lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders and it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied although they never did so again they prophesied so in the old testament the first time we see uh, an example of something similar the holy spirit comes on the 70 and they prophesy prophesy is speaking words. Now I'm going to show you hopefully today that there are different types of prophecy and basically any inspired speaking when the the person is inspired by a spirit and it's not always only the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament but they prophesy and that is defined as prophecy um, in the Old Testament. So the second example is King Saul when he is anointed king in 1 Samuel 10. Uh, Samuel says to him, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And verse 10, When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. So King Saul was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He prophesied, and he was changed. He He was changed in his character to a new man. A few chapters later, In chapter 18 of 1 Samuel, a distressing spirit from the Lord comes upon him. It's an evil spirit. The Lord allows an evil spirit to come on Saul and he prophesies there, but it's obviously not God's words he's saying. And King David plays his musical instrument and Saul is calmed down by that. So we see prophecy is just speaking inspired words. And then the next chapter, 1 Samuel 19, Saul is now chasing after David, Um, and he sends his messengers to find him, and David is with a group of prophets, and they're all prophesying, and when the messengers come near to try and capture David, the Holy Spirit overcomes them, and they start to prophesy, and then eventually Saul just gets tired of it after sending several groups of messengers, and he himself goes, and he is overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, and he prophesies, and he falls down. He takes off his outer robes, and he falls down, and it says, for a day and a night, he lay there prophesying. So these are examples in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit coming upon people, and I'm mentioning them because prophecy, tongues, and interpretation are the last three in this list of gifts. I would say maybe the least, especially tongues and interpretation, the least important for public use, but they are often mentioned, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. Prophecy itself, Paul elevates it to a very high place. He says that is one of the best gifts. Uh, But let's let's move on. So then in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, let me just read it to you. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, each of the 120, not just the important guys. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it says that there were people there from every nation under heaven in Jerusalem gathered for the feast. And they... When these the believers spilled out into the streets and started speaking in tongues, it just so happened that there were people from every nation and every language in Jerusalem at the time. And it says that they heard, they marveled and saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Uh, because they were praising God and magnifying God. And. What happened is that God gave a special sign. He brought people who spoke all these different languages. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 says that when we speak in tongues, we speak the tongues of men and angels. Some of them are human languages. Sometimes it's angelic languages. But God brought people from all different countries so that they could testify that what these people were saying in tongues was actually glorifying. God. It was a special sign. It was a special day. And he was reversing the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 when God had given languages to divide people because they'd rebelled against him. Here he gives languages to unite his people together. An amazing picture. But they heard them speaking and Peter then explains to them. And he says um, in verse 14, Peter standing up, with the eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since since it is only about the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So many hundreds of years before, Joel had prophesied Pentecost. And, And Peter says, this is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. And this is what Joel said. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, men and women. And it says shall prophesy. The evidence of this pouring out of the Spirit is prophecy. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. It's not just young or old. It's all ages. It's both genders. And they will prophesy and they will see dreams and visions. And on my men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. It's also for the poor and the rich, the men servants and maidservants, it's for all, and they will prophesy. He says it again. Prophecy and seeing and hearing dreams and visions is the sign that this is happening, that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. So, can you see a pattern here? Moses and his 70. Holy Spirit comes on, they prophesy. Saul, when he's anointed, Holy Spirit, he prophesies. Saul's messengers, they prophesy. Joel says, this is going to be the sign they will prophesy. In Acts chapter 2, they receive the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues. And Peter says, the tongues are prophecy. Because think about it. Prophecy is speaking God's words. Tongues are God's words. Tongues is prophecy. But when it's linked with interpretation, it becomes useful. For others to hear. Friends, I've done a whistle-stop tour of this and I'm gonna to have to explain this a little bit more in my next talk, but let me just say that these gifts are not weird or scary, they're natural. You know when Jesus first said to his disciples that he was gonna pour out the Spirit on them, he says this and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper And that word another means another the same as. And that word helper is sometimes translated friend, comforter, counselor, advocate. I will give you another friend, another helper. And he was saying another like me. I will give you another one like me. If you're scared of the Holy Spirit, he's like Jesus. And he may abide, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you And will be in you he was saying the Holy Spirit has been with you and will be in you but he was also saying I've been with you and I my spirit will be in you he says I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you this Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus and he wants to empower us you might say well why tongues why prophecy why words Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks It's the sign that God has chosen just to be the the first sign so that we can then move into all the other gifts. Faith, healings, miracles, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. The first sign is we start to speak. Pray with me now. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you that you are promising me the power of your spirit. Please, would you forgive me for my sins? Make me new. Take control of my life but also Lord, please would you give me your spirit. You promised in Luke 11, verse 13, that if I ask, you you will give me your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm asking, please give me your spirit. And now Lord, I trust you that you have given me. I say, thank you, God. And I choose to start using my body, my mind, my mouth, my voice box to start to operate in these gifts. I'm gonna start speaking in tongues and prophesying, uh, praying, As you lead me, I'm going to trust you for dreams and visions. And then I'm going to start praying for healing, expecting faith to come. I'm going to start expecting words of knowledge, wisdom, discernment. I'm going to start to see what you have given me. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.